Welcome to another edition of the MIA All Day Podcast. Today is the first game preview of the 2022 season. That's right, my friends. We're starting game one. We're breaking down Bethune. Not really, but we're going to get into the game. We're going to talk a little bit about what we want to see coming into this game, what what measuring sticks we're going to use to try and see if this team has made progress compared to last season. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what we can expect on offense and defense. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a short episode, man, because really there's not a lot of talk to talk about game one against Bethune. So uh, really didn't crunch the tape on this. But uh, I, I will do some more of that next week against Southern Miss, get back on the flow of things, give you those numbers you're looking for, give you the tendencies, give you all those things that I normally give you on the game breakdowns. But for now, let's get into the Bethune of it all. So first and foremost, I have a lovely statistic for you, a, st- a statistical nugget, a golden nugget, if you will, of knowledge here when it comes to the Hurricanes of Bethune-Cookman, okay? So the Hurricanes of Bethune-Cookman have played five times since 2011, and that is pretty much their entire history, I believe, in terms of playing each other. And the scores have gone a little bit like this. So in 2011, the Canes won 45-14. In 2012, the Canes won 38-10, to atrocious. In 2015, the Canes won 45 to nothing. In 2017, they won 41 to 13. And in 2019, the Canes won 63 to nothing. Now, in those five games, I'm going to give you a little opportunity here to try and and come up with, uh, search your brain for the answer. What do you believe the combined score was between these two teams in the first quarter over the course of those five games? All right? I'm going to give you a little time. Think about it. Five games, Bethune and Miami. I just gave you all the results. What do you believe the combined score was in the first quarter? Okay, ready? I don't think you're ready for it. The combined score was 24-17 to Miami. That's right. The Canes have only outscored Bethune over the five-game period from 2011 to 2019, 24-17. So what does that mean? That leads us to our first point of what we want to see on Saturday. We want to see the Canes start fast against Bethune-Cookman. That's going, to, that's going to show the change immediately between the teams of the past, you know, during the Al Golden era, the Mark Richt era, the Manny Diaz era, or the last three regimes, and now the Mario, D- the Mario Diaz. Mario Diaz, that would be terrible. That's like a hybrid. Uh, it's kind of like a platypus. It's a, it's a half duck, half beaver. You don't want to see that thing. You don't want to see a, you don't want to see a Mario Diaz. That's kind of weird. Mario Cristobal era. Starting off, we want to show that difference between what used to be and what is now. We want to see them come out fast, physical, and dominant against Bethune-Cookman. So instead of having a 7-0 lead at the end of the first, tied 3-3, maybe 7-3, I would like to see the Canes go up, start fast, and get out to a 17-0, 21-0 lead in the first quarter. That's the first thing I want to see. The Miami Hurricanes start strong, right? Now, the second thing we want to see here today, or today, on Saturday, is I want to see crisp, clean execution from the first-team offense. I believe the first-team offense should score on every single possession they get in this game. I don't believe they'll play past. If they do that, I don't believe they'll play, they'll play past the second quarter. I think you'll see all the backups in in that third quarter, maybe late in the second. Um, we don't want TV to getting hurt. We don't want those first-team guys getting hurt. So if we get the opportunity, plug in Jake Garcia, let him get some run, throw in Ja'Curry Brown in the fourth quarter as well, and let all these guys get some work. Hopefully it works out that way. But you want to see the first-team offense be dominant against a team like Bethune. You want to see them score on every possession. We have a quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke, 
Well, you have an offensive line that's supposed to be much improved. And you have weapons at the tight end and running back. And, you know, now the receivers supposedly are stepping up. They have ability. Now, we'll give them that. These, receiver, these receivers has always, has always been talented. We've always known this receiver group is talented. They have ability. They can get behind you. They can make acrobatic catches on occasion. Um, but they need the consistency. And I think if they can, against a team like Bethune, they should be able to perform and get that done. There's going to be a lot of opportunities to make plays one-on-one. And I want to see the first-team offense score in every possession, whether that's uh, you know, a bunch of touchdowns and a field goal here and there, or you know, just nothing but touchdowns. I don't want to see them also, number three, I don't want to see the first-team offense settling for field goals. Um, if you settle for a field goal here and there because of a penalty, whatever the case would be, it knocks it back. I understand that, but we cannot have three field goals, four field goals in the first half. Uh, you know, and going up like seven plus four, like 19-3 at the half. We don't want to see that, right? We don't want to see 19. I do do some quick math. You guys, if you did not, if I was doing this on YouTube, like I normally do it with Manny now on Wide Right, which, by the way, thank you guys for tuning in to Wide Right on YouTube as well as downloading the podcast. Appreciate the support. Appreciate your comments. Um, some of them are funny. Some of them are, you know, uh, uplifting, and others are just downright disrespectful. But I like them all. Thank you for the attention. Anyway, you would have seen the smoke coming out of my ears from the math I was trying to do, uh, the quick mental math. So I don't want to see, number three, the Hurricanes settling for field goals. I want to see them finishing drives, especially the first-team offense. I want to see them finish drives. Um, number four, I don't want to see procedural penalties, right? You don't want to see a lot of procedural penalties. What are procedural penalties? You don't want to see false starts. You don't want to see offsides. You don't want to see illegal motions. You don't want to see um, illegal formation. You don't want to see illegal man down the field. You want to see the step forward in discipline compared to the last three regimes. And that's what Mario's talked about a lot. He's, he's talked about how you do anything is how you do everything. He's talked about what it requires to win and what it requires to be a hurricane and, and the type of effort that's required of you and that requires discipline on a daily basis and everything you do and how you execute. And he, he has a big disdain for penalties and stupid penalties at that. So that's number four. You want to see the hurricanes eliminate procedural penalties, not have any of those at all, and just be clean on both sides of the football. You know, if you get a holding call on offense, that happens. If you get a pass interference call on defense, you know, because you're, you're being aggressive, uh, a late hit on occasion, those things happen. But no, listen, no Amari Carter specials, please. No targeting calls. Let's be clean with the tackling. That leads me right into number five. Look at that segue. Tackling. We want to see this hurricane defense be a short tackling defense. Now, does that mean that the first guy to the ball needs to bring a ball carrier down every time? No, but it does mean that you want to see that first guy get to the ball, slow the guy down enough, and have his have uh, his help come in and and finish the job. You want to clean it up at the end, right? You don't want to see breaking tackles. You don't want to see guys breaking tackles. You don't want to see arm tackles. You want to see form tackles, lining guys up, driving through them, and if need be, uh, gang tackling to the ball. You want to see a lot of guys running to the ball, even if the first guy gets to the ball and knocks the ball carrier down. You want to see guys pursuing the football and getting there as a unit and swarming. That's what makes good defensive football. Because if you're going one-on-one and you miss a tackle and there's no, there's no help, there's no swarm of defenders, there's no gang tackling, that's how you end up with big plays. Like this team's given up a ton over the last three to four years. Uh, so you want to see the tackling improve. You want to see gang tackling. You want to see these guys work as a unit on defense to get to the football and bring down ball carriers. Um, continuing with the defense, number six, you want to see dominance. I think it, offense and defense. You want to see dominance at the line of scrimmage. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you, you want to see the defensive tackles and ends living in the backfield every play. What you want to see is 
controlled dominance. And what do I mean by that? I mean that the defensive line should be uh, engaging the offense, the offensive line, pushing to the gap that they're responsible for, and being able to shed that blocker to get to the ball carrier while maintaining their gap integrity, while maintaining their gap responsibility. You don't want to see guys just flying upfield and running past the ball carrier or just flying upfield for no reason. You want to see controlled chaos at the line of scrimmage where these guys are responsible for their gap, they stay in their gap, right? They keep that gap integrity, and they're able to manhandle the guy in front of them and shed them whenever they feel like it to get to the ball carrier. Um, you want to see a lot of that. You want to see the defensive ends getting up the field. You want to see them obviously getting pressure on the quarterback but not overrunning plays and having plays bust inside of them, okay? Number seven, sticking with the defensive theme, you want to see the linebackers play free and loose. I don't want to see the linebackers overthinking things. I want to see that they understand what they are seeing, that they know their keys, that they understand their reads, and they attack the football, or they drop into their pass coverage area, or they stick the man they're supposed to stick in man coverage. You want to see them playing fast and loose and understanding their assignments, aside from being able to tackle the football, obviously, and tackle the ball carrier. But you want to see the linebackers playing fast and loose and, and having a solid understanding of what the responsibilities are in this new defense. Uh, number eight, you want to see, to me, I want to see the trio of young safeties pop, right? You want to see those guys make impact plays. You want to see them all over the field, and you want them to show why they might be the best trio of safeties in the country. Maybe not. I say they are. Anyway, you want to see those guys pop on the field. You want to see them show off their their uh, their explosiveness, their athletic ability, their ability to hit, um, and just, you know, in Cam Kitchen's uh, instance, be smart and be able to dissect the offense and see uh, and know what happens before it even happens. Um, number eight, what do I want to see? And all of a sudden, I'm giving you a top ten. I didn't know I was going to give you a top ten, but you're getting it anyway. Number eight, um, I want to see, and this is nothing to do with the starters, I want to see Jake Garcia operate this offense efficiently when he gets in there. This is a new system for Jake Garcia. More than likely, and I'll be honest with you, I believe the system that Rhett Lashley had was more suited to his game or to his experience in terms of running RPOs, having been in an RPO system pretty much his entire high school career, um, and now moving to more of a pro-style, multiple-set, multiple-read, play-action-based offense that's although still going to be using spread concepts, it's a little bit different for Jake, and he's got to adjust to it. Um, it's no longer a one-man read-and-go, uh, you know, just reading one guy and, and throwing off of that or reading one guy and deciding to keep a run. It's, it's gotten a little bit more complex in terms of how the offense is operated, and it's going to need him. It's going to require him to elevate his game from a mental and physical standpoint. So I want to see Jake Garcia begin to operate this offense. Now we've heard a lot during the uh, the spring and a lot during now uh, fall camp that he he tends to force the ball a little bit. He tends to lock into guys, or he tends to throw the ball in spaces where he shouldn't be throwing it because he's a little bit of a gambler. I want to see him be able to read the field and identify what the defense is giving him and go take what the defense is giving him and move the chains. Yes, it's great to be able to be a gambler and take some risk every once in a while, but he also needs to understand when to take the risk and where it's worthwhile and not just basically do that all the time. He has to learn how to operate the offense and take what the defense gives him because ultimately, as he takes what the defense gives him and he starts moving the chains, the defense is going to start creeping up to try and take away what he's taking uh, or what they're giving him, and then eventually he's going to be able to hit a home run over the top. And that's when he when he needs to do it. He needs to essentially to give you a boxing analogy: jab, jab, counter, jab, and then when the when when there's an opening, throw that hook right and go for the knockout. Um, I think I'm in, that was number seven. Number eight, I want to see the running backs 
and the offensive line get chunk yardage. Uh, I, I want to see this team average over six yards of carry in this game. This is a game they should. If this offensive line is legit and these backs are legit, I want to see over six yards of carry. Okay? They have to get six yards of carry. That means they're dominating the line of scrimmage. That means the backs are getting in space. That means they're making big plays in the run game, which you're going to need year-round uh, the entire season. So uh, they're going to lean heavily on the run game this season. We want to see it pop from game one. I don't think it's going to be perfect, obviously. There's a lot of work to do. It's only the first game of the season. But against this kind of an opponent, you want to see some dominance. You want to see six yards of carry. Okay? Um, number nine. What do I give you for number nine? I would not. I want to see how the, the difference in pace for the Miami Hurricanes. So, and offensively, um, you know, under Rhett Lashley, they, we were a very quick team. We got to the line of scrimmage pretty quickly and snapped the ball pretty quickly, although there were times it was slower than others. But in terms of pace, um, the Hurricanes were, uh, you know, towards the top half, top third, top quarter of the country in terms of pace where Michigan, compared to Josh Gaddis, was more towards the middle of the pack or, or lower half of the country. Uh, Michigan was a little bit more deliberate in terms of how they snapped the ball or how quickly they snapped the ball and what they did in terms of uh, you know substitutions and personnel groupings and things of that nature. So I think you're going to see a lot more personnel groupings, a lot more substitutions in and out, a lot more uh, being a lot more deliberate at the line of scrimmage than they were in the past. Um, so they're going to take a little bit longer to snap the ball. They're going to run fewer plays during the course of a game. But I think as a result of that, you're going to see more offensive efficiency. I think you're going to see more yards per play because they're calling what uh, plays that they feel have been schemed up perfectly to whatever it is they put on the field in terms of personnel grouping and, and, uh, and formation, allowing them to take advantage of what the defense is giving them. So I think because of that, you know, because of their, their more scheming, they're, they're using more scheme than just one set of a group of specific plays. They're scheming more towards uh, what the defense is giving them and what their personnel is grouping is, is identifying as weaknesses in the defense. Uh, it's going to take longer to snap balls, but they're going to get more out of it. And I think that's going to be fun to see. The other thing, number 10, what are you going to see in terms of the run game? Here's something to watch. Um, Josh Gaddis loves the counter. So what what do I mean by counter? The The counter is not necessarily your, your traditional what's called counter tray where they would pull or, or, you know, the old school Redskins teams would pull the backside guard and tackle and lead through on the opposite side after a counter step by the running back with the fullback um, on a counter tray. This, the counters that, that, that Gaddis runs are more of the spread type counters where you're going to see what they call GH counters. So what does that mean? You're going to see a guard, backside guard pulling. You're going to see the H back on the backside pulling through as well uh, and using that as a combo and their GH pulling on the counter. You're going to see a GF counter. What does that mean? You're going to see, uh, you know, Elijah Arroyo sometimes lined up, uh, or Dominic Mamorelli, or maybe even Will Mallory lined up at fullback. And you're going to see him lead through along with a guard pulling through and that counteraction, right? So that's going to be the GF counter. You're going to see a lot of those counters. You're going to see a lot of those combinations of different guys pulling through with a guard. Uh, and sometimes you'll sub see a, a tackle pull through along with an H or a fullback. Um, just to give it a different look. I don't think you'll see that this week, but you'll see some of that later on in the season. So you'll see a lot of what two tight end sets with one in line, one at the H-back position, so that's one yard um, off the ball and one yard over. You'll see a lot of the, the two tight end sets with a one of the tight ends at fullback this year. You're going to see a lot of that uh, used in the run game, but you're also going to see that used as a mismatch in the passing game where you might get a guy like Elijah Arroyo coming out of the, bank, the backfield lined up a, 
a matched up against a Mike linebacker who has no shot of covering that guy down the seam or even on an out route. So that's going to be fun to watch. Number 10, finally, what do I want to see? I want to see this game. Uh, I want to see the Hurricanes get out of here with no injuries. Nobody hurt. Have a clean game. Have a, a bunch of guys get on the field. Get the experience they need. You know, get the run that they want. Show off some of their talent. Have fun in front of the home crowd. Get off the field and, and, and be 100% healthy at the end of it. We don't want to see any injuries. We want to see everybody get off the field and uh, celebrate the victory, the first under Mario Cristobal. And I think that's about it. Um, my prediction for the game, I think if, if it goes according to plan, I think you're probably going to see the Hurricanes be up something about, you know, probably maybe 31, uh, 38, 31 nothing, 31 3 at the half. Um, I think you'll, you'll end up seeing the Canes win 48 or 51 to 3 to 10, somewhere in that range. So I'm going to go, you know, either 48 10, 51 10, somewhere in that range. Um, I think you're going to see the second team offense and defense heavily in the second quarter. I mean, in the third quarter. Uh, and I think then you'll see eventually them give way to the third teamers in the fourth quarter um, to give everybody some run and, and give everybody an opportunity to uh, to get on the field. So that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. I want to see all these things happen to show progression and show a leap forward from the last three regimes. Uh, hopefully you guys agree. I also want to see this team here. Bonus. I want to see them hold Bethune under 100 yards rushing. Uh, and I want to see them hold Bethune under 250 yards total. Got to have that. Got to show your dominance on defense. That's what I want to see. All right. There you have it, folks. First game preview of the season. Bethune-Cookman, Miami Hurricanes, Saturday at 3.30. Had to record this for you on a Thursday because I'm not going to have any time tomorrow, Friday. And Saturday, uh, as soon as I wake up, it's tailgating time at the house. Tailgating at the crib. And it's going to be a wild one. Going to sit down, uh, watch some nooners, some new games while I drink high noon. By the way, if you have not had high noon, you're missing out. If you're a vodka drinker uh, and you don't like White Claw and you don't like that other stuff that's a little too fizzy, get yourself a High Noon or get yourself a Natural. Naturals are good too. They are just straight vodka with a little bit of fruit flavoring. So it makes me act like I'm being healthy because it's gluten-free uh, and it's low calorie, but it's still vodka. And I like that. So I'm going to be switching between that and the Michelob Ultras trying to watch my figure, smoking my cigars, watching the game, pounding some Publix chicken and some sandwiches, and uh, just rooting on the canes, man. It's time to get wild. Uh... I'm excited. I'm ready. Time for a new football season. College football's back, baby. I love it. Go Canes.